Hello and welcome back to the Hulkcast. As usual, I'm James Rushden and over there is Danny Raza. Each week we go through the latest news and results in the world of Aston Villa and we follow up on everything that's been going on there. Aston Villa actually got their second win under Dean Smith as head coach. They beat Bolton by two goals to nil. And how do you feel about that, Danny? A lot of positives to see from that, to be honest. There was there was there was quite a few things that I picked up in there which I was very happy about. Obviously, we know that it was going to be difficult for for Dean Smith to to get that second win. But the thing is, Villa have been playing well. We know that even in those games that he has that uh, we struggled to get a result, Villa have been playing well. It's not been the same sort of situation or the same sort of frustration as we would have had not getting results under Steve Bruce with the poor style of football. Or I think that's unfair. Or the with 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 the with the a more unattractive style of football, shall we say, um, that we were seeing under him. So it is good to see that uh, that 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 pretty passing style of Dean Smith finally come off. Yeah, I think uh, it's all slightly coming together. I wouldn't say it's fully coming together, but I think we've seen a lot of positives and uh, certainly a lot of things to move forward. Also, interestingly, I think we're also seeing a fair bit of um you know confusion um some mistakes and in a way that's good because it's stuff for us to iron out and get even better and not become complacent i guess i think what we what we all want to see is filler mm. actually build each game and we've seen that which is good that those losses i'm um, looking back on them i guess you can say learning curve for villa and they're, they're looking almost like i wouldn't say they're a finished product right now mate yeah, they're looking good. No, absolutely, absolutely. But and again, we're we're relying on on a lot of those first teamers to to play every single game, and I think that is a problem. I think it is an issue. Uh, I don't think we've seen much change in the lineup over the last over the last few weeks. So you know, this whole thing about confusion, this whole thing, you know, part of it could be tired legs. You know, we're seeing the same guys out there every single week, and they're bound to make errors to some degree. Um, and I and I and I just wonder. You know whether the wheels will fall off if we if there comes a point where where a couple of them get injured. I think what we're going to start to see now with Dean Smith in the next couple of weeks is you know try to try to work a few more players into that team. Uh, I think I think he's been nervous to kind of remove some of the cogs, uh, and it's and it's and it's easy to see why. Uh, you know that there there is a lot of confusion in that team. There is a lot of sort of um, hang on a minute. What are we supposed to be doing? Moments, <laughs> and I think it is to do with the fact that we're effectively changing to a fully new system. Of course, Jack Grealish got his uh, got his goal there straight away off the bat in a move that Dean Smith and the player himself said it was uh, rehearsed. It was a move they've been really? working on. It's, it's, that's so good to me, mate. That's so good that they've been planning something like that. Right? Do you want me to do you want me to watch watch this goal and commentate over it? Not commentate, but I'll tell go you ahead. What's happening. Yeah, yeah, happily. Okay, so uh, let's let's find this. So what we see is uh, a breakaway on the right hand side. Um, I think that's Albert Adoma. Uh, Alan Hutton's kind of got the ball o- over there. Uh, Jack Grealish is actually now what, what we're seeing is Tammy Abraham's dropped back. He's dropped back to collect that ball from Alan Hutton. But all this while, the Preston, not, uh, not Preston, sorry, the Bolton Wanderers defenders are watching Tammy Abraham. Jack Grealish, meanwhile, has done something effectively that we haven't seen from his number 10 position under Steve Bruce. He's always kind of sat back just a little bit and kind of had an emphasis of staying outside the box, but he's actually done something more a supporting striker would do. And he's gotten ahead of the defense. So Tammy Abraham's now basically sliced that ball through the defense uh, for Jack Grealish to finish. So that is quite interesting there because are we now seeing a change in Jack Grealish's role as a number 10? Is he playing more as a support striker than as another midfielder? 
so to speak? That is the question it, that it, I would have after that sense. goal. It makes sense. I think um, both the manager, well, the head coach and Grealish said that not only had they been working on that, it's that they don't want Jack Grealish to get involved in midfield battles. They want him to stay advanced. Right. And we've seen that from Grealish, haven't we? Because what's the point? What's the point of him getting involved in midfield battles? As much as he as he, as he can be tenacious and as much as we have seen him win the ball back before, that's not his area of strength. He gets chopped down. So effectively, if you're if you're if you're working on Jack Grealish's positioning, if you're working on Jack Grealish's positioning off the ball, that almost takes away the element of defenders trying to rattle him uh, because they're not paying attention to him. And they clearly weren't against Bolton, mate. Um, I think it was really, I think it was really good just to see him score. But also, he grabbed an assist late on as well, crossing in for um James Chester. And uh, I said to my stepbrother, who was, I was standing next to. I said, oh, please don't let anyone except Conor Horahan take these free mm. kicks because he's been putting them on. He's been putting them on a plate for people. I'll say that. He's been putting them on a damn plate for people. Yeah, he's great. I didn't want to see it. I don't want to see John McGinn take them off him. I don't want to see Jack Grealish take them off him because he's doing well. Jack Grealish took it off him, put it on James Chester's head and it's a goal. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't. <laughs> you preach. <pretty, you're> pretty... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that wrong. Jack Grealish got fouled. He got fouled for the free kick. Um, he got fouled for the free kick. Yeah, Jack Grealish got fouled for the free kick. Um, so I suppose defenders are still are still uh, mashing him about for 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 no particular reason. But yeah, um, he, he got he got tumbled to the ground. You know, obviously from behind. As oh, he got the assist. No, it was him. No, it was. I got it. No, yeah. it wasn't. It was. It was a left footed. It was? it was a left footed free kick. Yeah, and it's got Jack Grealish assist on it. No, you know what? You know what? It was the disallowed goal that I'm watching. <laughs> which was also a fantastic finish from James Chester in all fairness was that Conor Hurahan that, that was that was Conor Hurahan <laughs> so <laughs> you know I, I think both of them both of them are effective free kick takers I think that's the conclusion that but, I've come yeah. to over here what we fa- what we found out is that <laughs> Villa have an array of fantastic set piece deliveries and also that James Chester will put them in I felt like and, the ghost of Martin Larson had, had come back uh, to 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 help Villa in this in this hard time. No, that, that that's not the first time Chester scored, and mate, I know who scored ratings. They don't count for nothing. You know the numbers nine nine out, you know seven point four. Yeah, yeah, nine point yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. They don't count for anything. James Chester has got a nine point nine. Well, and I I don't think I've seen something like that on there. You talk about his goal. James, you talk about the, the header and the disallowed goal. Both of them, obviously, fantastic work from him inside the box and, you know, the positioning-wise, uh, the the alertness of a striker. But speaking of alertness, what about that clearance off the line? That that really is what earned him that man of the match. That It, it was it was a plum, plum cross from Bolton Wanderers. Neil Taylor not watching his man. And Taylor's just come... Uh, no, not Taylor, sorry. Chester's just come in as the ball is being headed past an island and he's basically overhead kicked it yeah and but what i really liked about it it wasn't reactions mate it wasn't like reaction or you know last gasp it looked like he knew what he was doing the entire time and just watched it unfold. no because because the, the angle that he'd hit it at you know one inch off and that's going in the back of the net because he's he's coming towards the ball you see right so he's 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 managed to basically get his foot under it and and whack it in the other direction and it's just yeah, it's just sublime defending. It's so planned. It's so calm. It's not like this amazing thing that's happened in the heat of the moment. 
it just looks like that's what was always going to happen. He knew it. The thing about well, the thing about centre backs, James, the thing about a good centre back is his instinct, isn't yeah. it? Discipline, instinct, and, and all he had that. the instinct it's, for that. It all folds into James Chester, and he hasn't look. He hasn't had the best season so far, but he's getting so much better, and that's all we ask is that these players they set the bar high. And they carry on setting the standard, and they carry on moving forward. And he's doing that each week now. Doesn't it worry you though? Uh, Doesn't it worry you that that we're relying on him? That's what he's there for. Chester's out that defence, and we're 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 out. Yeah, I know. But look, I don't know what to say because you know when you rely on him and and he falls apart. The how long has he not? He's always he's been ever present, mate. He's been ever present. He needs a rest. He needs a break, man. He's yeah, he's he's been I think he's been playing in every single I know he's had like the odd game off for like suspension or injury or whatever, but he's been playing basically every single week for us for like two or three years. Yeah. Hasn't he? So, you know, he's the, the, the fact that he's still putting it on, the fact that he's the fact that he's still able to put in, you know, captain like performances, fair yeah, play to him. And the problem is honestly, he's he you can't rest him. You you can't. You know, we're in that position now where you he, he is undroppable. Any other player, mate, I'll be fine with resting. Not, not, he can't. But when was the last time we had a defender like that? Because we we've had years and years of defenders who have been liabilities and have basically been out of the team for two years. I, I'd go as far as saying even Richard Dunn, man, he was good. He was good, but there was there was always times where you just couldn't rely on him. You know, it's been it's been years since we've had a a proper sort of yep, he's our best defender guy um, on the pitch. Do you not as, think so? As much as I, you know, I adore Olaf Marburg and I love Martin Larson, but they were in some bad teams, mate. And sometimes in those bad teams, they didn't look good. No, but Melberg and Larson were both able to hold their own. I mean, Larson didn't 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 stay there for for a long time, but Melberg <laughs> did have that that position to him to himself for years, though, didn't he? I'd say he was and the Chester's last. looking like that. Chester's and yeah. it's the goal yeah, scoring he as well. He's got three goals. Three goals already, and he could have had four. That would, if he's, if that offside goal had been flagged, and it wasn't flagged. Sorry, he'd be our third highest scorer, equal with Abraham and Kaja. Well, good because otherwise, 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 you know, we 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 don't actually have any other set piece uh, threats other than Tammy Abraham. Yeah, and a, a odd time of uh, Jonathan Kaja. But um, no, we, we're seeing goals come across the park now. And uh, I really hope that Tammy Abraham can keep leading from the front. And I, what's more, I hope that uh, Grealish can con- continue um, build, build on that goal and keep adding because he looked the real deal. James Chester looked the real deal. Our key players stepped up and won that match for us. And I am uh, pleasantly surprised by that. You know, the thing with Jack Grealish is that he gets a lot of criticism because he doesn't score enough goals. And I'd say it's a fair criticism of his game. Absolutely, it's a fair criticism of his game. If you're If you're playing as effectively the... Uh, uh, well, even assists as well. If you're if you're playing effectively as the main playmaker in that team, where's your goal tally? Why aren't you able to score from free kicks? Why aren't you, uh, you know, able to shoot from distance? I think we've been seeing Jack Grealish try to do a lot of that, but it hasn't really come off for him this season. But that finish that 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 he placed yesterday was great because, as you say, it was planned and and it it, it seemed controlled. It seemed like he knew what he was doing. Whereas a lot of the time when we have seen Jack Grealish in the past try from a lot of these efforts. They've almost seemed out of desperation. Yeah, I'm trying too hard. And I don't know whether it's it's a difference in that. I think you're right. I think you're completely right. I think um, it's a case of trying too hard. And it's ironic that the one plan move where he doesn't have to drag the team 
the one plan move, it results in him scoring a, a really good goal. It wasn't relying on, you know, instinct or ability at all. It was relying on um, the coaching, the training, and the trust to pull off that move. I mean, it was absolutely relying on ability. Definitely, to definitely. When it comes to that, bit. it was it was a tight. Angle. The chance, it's the best chance I think we've seen him have this season, and it was manufactured, and that that's really good. Mm. I'm really proud of that, and I don't think, I don't think we'll see. I, I really hope he scores a better goal than that, mate. I don't think, I, I, but it's like John McGinn. John McGinn scores that amazing goal, and you think that that's him done the season. I, I really hope Jack Grealish got another one like that in him. Not some tappings. I want to see some stuff like that, mate. <laughs> yeah, I want to see more <laughs> like that. I think, I think that, I think that work off the ball, though. I think that's important. You know that positioning, because I've always seen Jack Grealish as the guy to drop deep and you know pick up the ball from from you know halfway, um, halfway in the opposition's area. If we start seeing him add that to his game now, you know the ability to get past defenders. Uh, I mean, you know, without yeah. the ball, uh, you know, to, the ability to get in behind. That could be very interesting. That could be the key in his game to to take him to the next level. Of course, yeah, the ability to step up, move forward, and uh, get beyond the striker without the ball at his feet. It's that positioning, that intelligence that he needs to work into his game. And he's getting there. The coaching's rubbing off on him this quickly, this early. So uh, pleasantly surprised by that. And uh, Bolton, um, for all intents and purposes, mate, they did not look good. I mean, you say what they want about having a goal cleared off the line, but it weren't ever going in. <laughs> No, no, but I don't think Bolton ever do well against Villa at Villa Park. I, th- I think every every time I've gone to see Villa play Bolton, we've we've seemed to do well against them. Uh, but uh, it's not the same Bolton Wanderers side as 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 we were accustomed to four or five years ago. Um, and it's no real surprise that uh, that that we beat them. I mean, as you say, the games before that, you know, they lost to Hull City, lost to Nottingham Forest, draw with Rotherham. Yeah. And also getting beaten by by Blackburn Rovers, disheartening. They were, they were soft. really disheartening. They were very soft, and you know, I think what we said in our previous that we was expecting a bit of physicality, and there, there was none of that. And you know, I know you're up north right now, but what we associate with northern teams, not that they can't play good football or pretty football, but we associate these teams from working class towns and cities to be hard, and physical. Yeah, well, any team with David Buiter leading leading the defense. You know, leading the team should be hard and physical, yeah, shouldn't it? No, no identity, uh, but... mate. None of that identity from from the from Bolton. You know, the the people from Bolton. They look at their team. Don't represent them. Well, look, Donaldson. You know, they, they've they've got they've got guys that. I mean, look look at. I mean, in fact, you know what? Look at the strikers, right? Look at the strikers. You've got Donaldson in there, right? You got Yannick Wildshut as well, who again, you know, isn't isn't the smallest of guys. Christian Doidge, right? Who's pretty much the epitome of a lower league. Big striker, um, who's supposed to be, who's who's supposed to be, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, he's on loan for Forest Green Rovers, right? But why why aren't they being physical? Yeah, why aren't they using that? That, that's 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 the thing. Uh, And against a team like Villa, against a Dean Smith team, I'm sorry, you're not going to outpass them. Uh, So you're going to have to, you're going to have to put a little bit more into to try and rattle them. Shame, I guess. Shame, because at the end of the day, if you've got if you've got Clayton Donaldson. Uh, up front for you, and you can't score against Villa, then uh, you, you're obviously doing something wrong. Because my man Clayton over there, right, as as many as many goals as he scored against us, I do love him. Um, but uh, yeah, he he's, he scores against us every single time. Oh, he look, at least looks good. And uh, Bolton didn't, and I was disappointed. I thought I put more of a fight and test Villa a bit more. And yeah, again, say what you want about off the line clearance, 
again, what I'll come back with, it weren't ever going in with James Chester there. Doesn't matter. He was on it. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, if I was a bottom fan, I'd feel incredibly disappointed in my team's performance because it's not like Villa weren't there for the taking. I think if a team actually turns up and give him a game, it might have been different. But Bolton didn't actually give him a game or attempt to give him a game or attempt to put him off a game. Well, this he is it. It, it, it. Don't you think? Don't you think we needed that? We that that was. I mean, as as, as long as a team was going to come at us, we were going to we, we were going to we were going to struggle. I don't. Don't you think we've basically needed this game where a team has just sat down and let us? Yeah, beat them? I, I really think so. And uh, yeah, all in all, very happy with it. a two nil, a two nil win there. Yeah, yeah. Can't 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 say anything more than that. Friday night fixtures, you know, they're always going to be a bit funny. Uh yeah, there's always a bit of a weird feeling to them, isn't it? I mean, you were live at the you were, you were there at the game, weren't you, James? Yeah, and it was uh it was fun. Uh Friday night games, I don't mind. Um we're not at home. I was going to say what's the atmosphere like on a Friday night game? I've never been to one. Um the first Friday night game I ever went to was the the first Premier League one, um, when Villa played Man U. Uh back uh, when Sherwood were were we the first one? I believe in the you know in this modern incarnation. Yeah, I think uh, we were the first Friday night game. Not the first actually scheduled one because our match was actually moved because of uh, I believe it was an EDL march in Manchester or Birmingham. It was definitely yeah Birmingham. Sorry, <laughs> so it was moved from the uh, Saturday to Friday, and uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was electric. Um, and it, it, it uh, you know championship games thirty thousand attendance. Um. Mm. Sometimes the crowd needs a bit of motivation, and they did. They did get on their feet, and they did have a good have a good sing song um, once in a while. Some you know some midweek games are hard, mate. I remember Sunderland last season. It was uh, it was drawing. Villa were winning. It was just boring. But it was uh, a bit different. Yeah, so Friday night is a bit different to Tuesday night. Is what I'll say. I struggle to get excited for Tuesday night games. Yeah, Friday is a lot better. Just because, just because you know, you look at the fixture list, you see. Aston Villa versus versus Rotherham, and then you see Juventus versus Real Madrid in the Champions League, and you're like, ah. yeah. <laughs> why, why, <laughs> why?" Um, you know, um, but like, yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, that, that it's interesting because I know they're, they're they're slowly trying to bring Friday night games um, to the Premier League on a more on a more sort of frequent basis. Uh, I suppose it's a good little. It's a good little start to a night, I guess, isn't it? I suppose the move is to go straight into town afterwards, afterwards or something. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Up the snobs. So that's what some people are doing, but uh, yeah, and uh, the away fans have to trudge back home. So uh, some win, oh, some yeah, guys win, so. some guy lose. So right. yeah, an away an away Friday night would be would be grim. But, uh, speaking of Champions League, mate, um, one mm. time, once upon a time, uh, Villa was seemingly set to hire Thierry Henry. As manager, and he has mm. not gotten at all off to at all to a, a good start or a start at all at Monaco. It's not seemed good. Essentially, he's he's almost made the wrong choice, hasn't he? He's chosen the wrong club. Uh, I think Villa have won here, and that's not to say that Damri couldn't do a job at Villa. Pretty sure he could, but uh, you know, I'm really happy with Dean Smith, and I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine us picking Smith over Amri. Look, here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with with Dean Smith. I'm very happy with him, and I think it would be wrong to come in to support anybody other than him now that he, you know he's in the role. Uh, if Thierry Henry was at Villa, I do believe that he'd be doing well. I'm, I don't, I'm not any less convinced about Thierry Henry's uh, ability as a manager right now. 
But that Monaco side, I think what a lot of people are missing uh, when it when it comes to this is that it was almost a bit of a poison chalice because it's not about the fact that it's not about a team. You know, they're not a team who who are sort of lacking in players or lacking in talent. It's almost a side which is lacking in motivation. You know, all the all the ingredients are there for for the team to do well, but. Jeez, you know what? The the way that it's looking at the moment, and the and you know the kind of results that they're getting, it just seems to me like they don't want to. They're, they're not trying. I, I I think that's 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 the issue they've got at the moment. They they've not got a group of players that 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 want to win. Yeah, very frustrating. Um, you know, if you're a fan and you're watching that game, you know Monaco, you want Henry to do the best because he's a former Monaco man. And of course, um, Monaco, the name, kind of you know can kind of take so much F one. Or Rich's glamour success, and they ain't getting that. They're uh, trudging along and they're looking poor. And you know, it, I'm not saying it's going to be a relegation battle for them this early on in the season, but it's just looking so dire. It doesn't look like there's anyone there who can light a spark. And uh, you thought Omri would come in and light the spark, but he just seems so frustrated and you know overwhelmed. I'd say by the task on his hands because it's a massive task. It's bigger than Villa. It's a bigger task than Villa. It's huge. How do you motivate the guy, uh, you know, guys like Yuri Tillemans or I'd say most importantly for uh, like uh, Falcao to like go in and do the, to, 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 go, to do a good job. You've got the best players you know, in the I, world. I, I, is, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is that they, they, they lost so many of their big players as well in the summer though. Lamar, Fabinho, Moutinho. So I, I think there is that, there, there is always going to be that, that, that slight, uh, discomfort within the squad because Monaco have always been a selling team. The amount of look, you've seen it with Villa. You've seen it with Villa. You know, we we've we've always had players uh leave. Like top players leave and then you bring in a load of other equally talented players. Right? And you know, don't you know let, let let's not let's not forget, you know, the times where we've we've almost had an exodus where like the likes of Downing has le- have left and we've replaced them with like Charles and Zogbia. Somebody equally as talented, really, when you think about it. And then you know, you, you you we've always we've also had times where we've brought in the likes of Adrisa Gage or Veritu, you know, very talented players. But when you lose that that amount of players, the squad's going to be sitting there thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, like, you know, these are our teammates." <laughs> uh, it, it, it's going to change. Uh, it's going to change the atmosphere. It's going to change the mood. You know, that losing teammates isn't an easy thing, is it? Um, I know, I know, all clubs deal with it, but when 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 you take the spine out of a team, you almost have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And I think Monaco are finally feeling the feeling the pain of that now. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, it's a tough time for them. Big job, and I think uh, right. I think it was the right thing for Henri to do to take the job at Monaco because it's a club close to his heart. It's in you know, close to his native homeland of France. Um, a shame it hasn't worked out, and I do hope it works out for him. But um, it appears that the best choice has been made for Villa, and uh, I do hope he works out for Henri. And I can't, but I can't be happier. With uh, what's worked out of it and that Dean Smith's our manager, because it seems like we're on the uh, up and up and I'm on the right path. Uh, I'm not necessarily certainly to bullet dodged at all, but uh, I think we 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 landed it on on our feet with the best case scenario. I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I just just I just got to say basically that you know on on Henri effectively took a very high pressure job at Monaco, um, one that anybody was going to struggle with. Jardim's no. Like you know, he's 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 no muppet, is he? You know, he's no, he's he's, he's he's a good manager. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, Villa's path continues, mate. This weekend, as uh, they take on quote unquote Frank Lampard's derby 
County, and that's away at Pride Park on Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, so back to usual for Villa. We've had uh, midweek games and uh, Friday night games for the last two or three weeks now. So it's uh, good to get back to Saturday. Good to get back to your regularly scheduled football. Um, away at Derby, high flying Derby. Um, little Chelsea, Mason Mount among their loanies, and he's really killing it in this league. He's doing very well under uh, Lampard, and Derby themselves are doing very well. Um, look, uh, I've, I've got a bit more about them than under Gary Rower, and uh, it, it really does seem that Frank Lampard is cut out to be a manager because his Derby County side are working very well with that football. I can't be asked for the John Terry versus versus uh, Frank Lampard articles narrative which we're going to see. This week, I cannot be asked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Uh, let's let, uh, back to back to the point. Okay, so yeah, Frank Lampard's done a fantastic job at Derby. He's done, he has done a fantastic job there. You know, they're 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 they're, they're a pretty high possession team. Uh, to be fair to them, they're scoring goals, which is <laughs> what you want to see from them, obviously. Um, but you know, also you know, they they they're very adept at creating chances. And I think that's the main thing. You know, this Derby side is very, very creative. They obviously beat Birmingham City uh, in the, in their last game. Uh, but I think what I was more impressed with was their performance against Chelsea. Uh, I think that they they looked good. You know, they looked really good. They really did give Chelsea a game. Uh, obviously, Mason Mount played against them as well. But uh, that midfield is strong. That midfield that, that Frank Lampard has, has, has basically got um, playing for Derby is, is very strong. And I think it's also worth mentioning the fantastic performances that Craig Forsyth has been putting in at left back. Uh, somehow or another, as he's, he's managed to get four assists this season. Um, but yeah, that, that Derby side, they, they play good football. They gave Chelsea a game right up until the end. Um, yeah, don't think there's, uh, there's any more to say really than, than, than they're a very talented side. Well, for, on the on terms of Villa, um, Jack Grealish has got to be careful because a booking for him means he will miss the Birmingham City match. Of course, you pick up the five or four um, yellow cards, you do miss a game, and that will happen mm. if uh, Jack Grealish manages to go into the referee's book against uh, Derby County. So he's got to keep a lid on it, really, and uh, keep himself together and not enter or pick up a yellow card because that will mean he'll miss the biggest game of the season for him. And thus against uh, Birmingham City, uh, last one in November. Um, Berkey Bjarnason mm. might not be fit, but I don't know if that matters too much for Villa, who uh, we're doing well with Hurahan and McGinn. They're doing quite well. Not against rotation at all, mate, but um, kind of Hurahan's worth keeping in the side just for his foot. You know, set-piece delivery. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that, like, Glenn Whelan is the exact type of player that, that wouldn't perform against Derby. I, I don't have a problem with him. Yeah, he's kicked on lately, but, and I, but I do get what you mean. He's exactly the type of player that's going to get sort of like run ragged, run ragged by the likes of Mason Mount, um, you know, Tom Huddleston, and and even you know Harry Wilson, who's been who's been playing uh, playing in that defense, so uh, in that midfield, sorry, which um, which does worry me. So I think almost like going in a midfield three would would uh, would, would really <sighs> would make that difficult. But equally, like I don't know if we want to be playing with with Jack Grealish behind the striker because that Derby midfield will actually walk over us if we're not careful. There's uh, plenty to be concerned. They play five midfield. Uh, former Brentford man uh, Florian Joseph Zoon. Of course, we've got the might of Joe Ledley in midfield. Mason Bennett on the wings. Martin Waghorn thereabouts. Jack Marriott, former Peterborough man, 
who we know because he scored great player, a man. great fantastic player. Tom Lawrence, another fantastic player. Harry Wilson, another fantastic player. And Mason Mount. These players are scoring goals. And these players are the attacking and also, players. Let's not let's not uh, also forget young Tom Lawrence, who's been putting in fantastic performances as well. The young Welsh midfielder. Yeah, uh, another name you might remember. A few names you might remember, mate. Scott Carson and Curtis Davies. Yep. Of course. Yep, um, yep. Um, what, Scott Carson and Davies. Yeah. Scott Carson uh, in goal um, for Derby. We had him on loan back in the day when his career was on the up and up. And uh, it looks like he's aged like a fine wine. That wasn't great. Because uh, he's, yeah. he's been doing well for a few seasons for Derby. Yeah, because Lord help him back in the day. <laughs> yeah, he did well at Villa. It was just after Villa. Yeah, everything after. I didn't think he did well at Villa. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't great at Villa. I, 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 it was. It was around about the same time as well that he had the whole England uh, debacle. Debacle. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kurt- you think Steve McLaren? You think Scott Carson? Basically, uh, Curtis Davis, of course, another player. You know, someone who's sort of aging like a fine wine. Um, he seems to have gotten a little bit better since uh, he's a. Tr- yeah, he wasn't great either at Villa, was he? I don't remember. Who? Sorry, Curtis Davis. He was okay. I think he's. I, think he's uh, I almost I think he's found his level. He's he's definitely better now than he was. But even even at Villa though, he he was good. I think there was just. I think we had we had all sorts of issues in defence around then. You know, he almost he was playing at around about the same time when, uh, essentially, all our best players were leaving. Yeah, and and he was also the victim of. Um, not being incredibly favoured by Martin O'Neill because I remember him. He also had that horrible injury party. as well. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did against uh, Arsenal, 2008. Went down because I remember that because I really wanted to see him because he was my favourite Villa player for ages. For some reason, I think it's because uh, he bibbed his car at us, uh, me and my mates, um, <laughs> back in the day when we was playing. Oh, yeah, really? He hung out the window and uh, waved at us. <laughs> <laughs> That was tight. Wow. It seems like that was yesterday. It's ten years ago, ten or so years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you not remember? Do you remember Curtis Davis like uh, doing an interview in his car after Martin O'Neill had left and basically like saying he was happy? Yeah, I sort of remember. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I think um, Derby seems to be fairly worried about. I think it's right to say that they're they're strong and can cause Villa some damage, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think I think Derby are one of the strongest teams in the championship at the moment. Definitely one of the informed teams. So I think we we do need to be careful. I mean, uh, sort of as a, as as I was saying, you know, I have a little bit of a trouble in my mind. You know, to think whether or not we should go four two three one or whether we should try and pack the midfield a little bit against them. But I would say that the most sensible thing to do is to basically attack them. Really, uh, just just give it a go because if we lose, we lose. Uh, I think that's basically the attitude that we're we're probably gonna see from Dean Smith from now on uh, and I do hope that we can do something against them um I don't know who I would have on the wings at this point I'm not incredibly convinced by Yannick Balassi but he hasn't really had a, had many starts yet mm. I don't even know if he's had a start yet so I would be tempted uh but I also want to ask the question one more time because I do think he would be perfect to fit in against Derby County where is Ahmed Al-Ghazi Anwar Ghazi, shall I say? Uh, yeah, and Janet Blassi as well. These players uh, really need to be pushing for starts because uh, Villa are playing hot hand, really, and they're giving it to the correct people, um, playing Kodja and Adoma out wide. Because these are the players that seem to be 
trying to perform. And Blassie's getting there. He seems to be growing back into the side. Al Ghazi, though, no clue. Do you know what? He did the, he did the silly Twitter move, didn't he? I don't know. Why I did he do it was that? silly at the time. I don't see if it's that silly, but you, you would just keep your mouth shut, wouldn't you? It's pretty silly, man. You just say, like, these things, are, these things are taken quite seriously by teams. Yeah. You know, because it sets a really bad example. If you, if 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 a if a player like if I'm anyway, if I'm if I'm managing or if I'm a coach at a club, and I see a player do that, go and basically disrespect the club on Twitter or disrespect the management. Yeah. Then it looks really. I mean, whether it, I can't remember if it was Steve Bruce or Dean Smith, but even if it was Steve Bruce, Bruce, it sets a really bad example to not punish that player, doesn't it? To just allow it, it sets a really bad example. So I I absolutely get that if that's the reason he's not playing. I absolutely get that. Obviously, it needs to be solved at some point, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there um, because uh, he should be pressing for a start on the team, but it's, it's not happening. And uh, he's not there. And it looks like Yannick Balassi and Jonathan Codger will be uh, pushing for that. And even Al Mohamedi, Ahmed Al Mohamedi, someone we not mentioned, the bloke's got four assists and two goals. He's been great, but also I don't want him playing on the wing because we need him as an option at the back. Yeah, that's, that's fair to say, but um, he's putting the numbers up and uh, apart from Balassi's two cameo goals um, earned in 176 minutes of action, which is nothing, you know, barely two games of action at the end of matches. Um, no one, you know, the wingers need to start bagging the goals. And, and yeah, that's a, I feel like that's we should be moaning about fullbacks, but it's the wingers, I feel. I need to be stepping up. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Codger looked well, good th- last game, I'll say that. But whether that's sustainable or whether he wants to be played up front, that's another question. Played on the left, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You were at the game, right? Obviously, you noticed these things more than somebody who's watching it on TV. Uh, tracking back, what's the situation on that with, with Jonathan Codger? I'd love to say that I paid attention that much um, to be tracking back, but I oh, see so you don't have a you don't have an, an analyst you don't have an analyst's mind. <laughs> but no, no, he, it's not like Villa were gaping there. I'm joking. It's, I'm not, joking. it's not like the, um, Bolton were attacking that space anyway. Um, he was there when needed, and he did drop back. It's not like he just stayed up yeah. on the left in the left hand corner of the pitch. No, he did he did trace back and follow his man quite well and swap around with Abraham and uh, Adoma quite well. A dome was swapped around with Abraham. They were all kind of uh, linking up and uh, covering for each other. And I thought that was nice to see. Kocha's growing there, so long may it continue. But he's, the, these players, if you're playing out on the wing, you need to start adding to your tallies. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We moan about, the the more... more... about Alan Hutton and Neil Taylor, but in front of them, is any damage actually happening to the other team? Are we uh, yeah. them with our wingers? And I, I don't really think that's the case. Well, I, I I watch. I mean, I, I watch us, you know, a lot. And to be honest with you, uh, you might laugh, but it almost seems like most of our damage on the right hand side comes from Alan Hutton. Genuinely. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. I think because um, we play quite narrow anyway, him. don't we? The ability is beyond him, but uh, he'll cut in. I think we want to stay wide. What we're trying to do is stretch the pitch and stay wide, and he'll cut in anyway, being him. But uh, no, yeah, he'll. True, he'll true, true. He'll cut in and uh, seemingly do some damage, but uh, there's no end product there. Nothing ever happens, but these are the well, things our no. wingers should be looking to do. And they end. Yeah, yeah. And if we right. want to beat teams like Derby, people like Kodja, Balassi, Al Ghazi, and Adoma are going to have to step up because it can't just be Tammy Abraham up front. 
It has to be. He's got two partners up front, and they're on either side of him on the wing, and they've got to start delivering. And I think Codger's getting there. I really think he is. I think he did, had a fantastic game against Bolton, but uh, it can't just be Tammy Abraham up front, and that's the key, I think, to beating uh, no. Derby. I agree, man. So, having said that, yeah. oh, we're both going to ask each other the same question. What's your prediction? <laughs> My prediction. Yes. Uh, so usually, you know, I used to do these predictions and kind of always go with the positive one. But now that Trevor Hood is obviously, you know, making us take this seriously. um, I think Derby are going to win. I think Derby are going to win. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to upset Villa fans. Sorry. Um, but it's just that midfield. It's just too good. And having said that, if Villa go and beat them, then great. You know, laugh in my face. Um, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2-0 Derby. I was going to say 2-1 Derby. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah, we've... Uh... Why, why, in, interest, interesting, James. Why, why do you think they're going to lose? I think Villa are going to lose, cause, and it's not that Villa are bad. I think you go into Derby, Derby are a good team under a good manager. In form. Playing well, and yes, in form. And now that the, it's in their house, mate, you've got to do something special to beat that team, or you've got mm. to rely on that team not showing up, which can happen. Or you've got to do something special to beat that team on their own turf when they have the right to play their own game of football. Um, and can Villa do Villa have the authority to do that right now? I don't think so. And that's not me pointing fingers at Dean Smith or saying that we're weak or don't have that you know, influence on a game. But it's it's hard for me to see all the pieces coming together for Villa because everything has to go right for Villa to win this. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's no. not to say that Derby aren't unbeatable and the that you know it's like Leeds, they aren't the greatest gifted championship. That's Reading. That was Reading in two thousand and seven when they got over hundred points. That was the greatest gift to the championship. It's funny, isn't it? Because Reading never were a great Premier League side. Um, <laughs> um uh, and, and you know, you can say Wolves and Fulham were, were gifts to the championship last season. Um Leeds and Derby aren't the greatest gifts to the championship because um they will get beat and they will get turned over. Um, but teams will have to be at their best when they're when Leeds and Derby are at their best. So for Villa to be at their best, they're going to have to... It's not just about Villa being at their best, though. It's about every single thing going right. No mistakes at the back. Total and utter cohesion up front and uh, damaging up front. And can that does that happen for Villa? Do we get that look? Because we have to be lucky as well. Our, our shots have to go in and theirs don't have to look. Yeah, more often than not, that's luck. So, a Villa a lucky side, they're not a lucky side. A Villa in form, I wouldn't say they're in top form. Does everything go right for Villa? I wouldn't say that. So, this is going to have to be a first if Villa want to win. It's going to have to be one of the first matches in a long time where Villa have to steal something. And that's not me bigging up Derby massively. It's just doubting everything going right for Villa. And then, hey, Dean Smith, I think we've got the right man in charge. I think we've got the right players and the best squad. But every single thing has to go right, and it doesn't usually happen for Villa. Well, does it? Maybe it changes under Dean Smith. Maybe it changes under him. But it's more important for me to win this predictions league. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna be realistic. No, um, two, no, two nil, two one. I think it's realistic, mate. Um, do you think Villa are not scoring then? No, I don't. Honestly, uh, I, I don't. Again, it's not a criticism on our attack, but I feel like. You know, the fact that we failed to integrate our effectively our best winger into the team um, in, in Yannick Balassi, 
Uh, I think, you know, I, I think that is a real crime because I think Tammy Abraham does at times look like he's a little bit isolated. I know, I know sometimes it's, it's, it's some of his own work that gets him there, but it's just, it's just one of those things. And also the other thing with Derby is that the defense has been, has been really good this season. As you say, Kurt, Curtis Davis, he's been having, you know, a, a fantastic season. And on top of that, on top of that, the fact they have an absolute linchpin in in Tom Huddleston, and then they've got the energy of Mason Mount in midfield. I think that I think that's what makes me think we're going to struggle just a little bit. It's the energy more than anything that I'm expecting from Derby County to win the game. Yeah, I really think they'll uh, they're doing well, and they'll continue to do well, and they'll ride that form. And whether Villa can upset them, I think that's uh, up to Aston Villa's eleven players on the day. So we'll see that. Um, we'll see what happens there on Saturday. But uh, I guess sign off for us, mate. Uh, any final final thoughts going into this derby game? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just just want to say first of all, uh, a big welcome to new goalkeeping coach at Aston Villa, Neil Cutler. Uh, the club have put up a, an interview with him. Um, on on YouTube, he's basically another one of the coaches who has worked alongside Dean Smith. And he is now uh, coaching the goalkeepers at Villa. So hopefully we'll uh, start seeing some better performances from uh, from Nyland, who has been improving uh, since he's come here. So, yeah. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, let's see what Villa can do. Happy Diwali, by the way, to everyone listening, if you celebrate that festival or not. Um, the fireworks are certainly going off. The uh, Festival of Light starts. Uh, so uh, if you're celebrating, happy Diwali. And we'll see you after Villa hopefully beat Derby County this weekend. Catch you soon, guys. Goodbye.